There is no name like the name of our God because there is no one like our God. The many divine names used in Scripture reveal His perfect nature. Let's open the Word of God today with Scott Pauling and learn more about the name. My wife and I have one son, one only begotten son. And I love him with all of my heart and I thank God for him. And I'm thinking now of what the Heavenly Father must have gone through when he literally gave his only begotten son. Now, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He's the Son of God. There's no doubt about that. And yet when we come to Scripture, we find a beautiful truth in relationship to the sonship of Jesus Christ. In fact, in Matthew chapter 22, in a conversation one day with a bunch of religious leaders, Jesus looked at them and said, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they answered, The son of David. And that went on to a larger conversation. He was leading them somewhere. He was leading them to understand something about who he is. And I want to just suggest today that understanding the sonship of Jesus Christ is so imperative for us. It's imperative that we understand whose son he is. So let's begin today in Luke chapter number 1, where an angel comes to Mary and says to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And then in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, he says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, we've already studied the name Jesus, but here, here there's an emphasis on him being the son. Whose son is he? Well, if you listen to me carefully, in verse number 31, he's Mary's son. And in verse number 32, he is David's son, and he's also the son of the highest. Somebody says, well, which one is it? Now, the answer is all of the above. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ is connected to so many people in His Sonship for a definite reason. For example, if you turn one page in your Bible and come to Luke chapter number 3, there's one of the genealogical records of Jesus Christ. And when it begins the record, it says of Jesus, in Luke 3.23, And Jesus Himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, and then in parentheses it says, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. So this gives us the the human perspective of what people thought of him. They just thought of him as the son of Joseph. We know, of course, that Joseph was, was not his father. He had an earthly mother and a heavenly father. Uh, Joseph really had nothing to do with it except to be the one to raise his son. And yet he was referred to here as was supposed the son of Joseph. That connects him to Nazareth. It connects him to the place of his boyhood and to the place of his upbringing. Then in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 25... He's referred to as the son of Mary. So that connects him to the virgin that the prophet had, had pronounced hundreds of years before he would be born of. So son of Joseph, son of Mary. Then if you go all the way back to the beginning of the gospel records, to Matthew chapter number 1, now there's another genealogical record of Jesus Christ. Here's how it begins. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1 says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
Are you getting the list? He's the son of Joseph, that connects him to Nazareth. He's the son of Mary, that connects him to the virgin. And now in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1, he's the son of David. That connects him to the throne as king, to royalty, and to, to the godly line that would come through David. Again, Matthew chapter 21, verse number 9, he's referred to as the son of David. So he's son of Joseph, he's son of Mary, he's son of David. And then, did you hear it in Matthew 1, verse 1? The son of Abraham. What does the son of Abraham refer to? Well, that connects him to Israel. It connects him to the Abrahamic covenant and all the promises that God made to his chosen people. So my point is simply this, that his sonship, as far as his earthly relationships and connections here on earth, show us that he fulfills all of prophecy, that he truly was the long-awaited Messiah. But now let's come back to the two titles that are most often used for his sonship and the ones that I think are most precious to us. First, He is Son of God. He is, in the words that we read just a moment ago, the Son of the Highest. In fact, make a study of this through the New Testament. Uh, he is referred to in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 7, as His Son, Jesus Christ. He's referred to in Hebrews 3, verse 6, as simply Son. He's referred to in 2 John, verse 3, as the Son of the Father. He's referred to in Mark 14, 61 as the Son of the Blessed. He's referred to in Luke 1, 32, we read earlier, as the Son of the Highest. He's referred to in Mark 5, 7 as the Son of the Most High God. Then one of my personal favorites, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He's the beloved Son. He's the perfect Son. And then, of course, John 3, 16, He is the only begotten Son. Throughout the Word of God, we see the Sonship of Jesus Christ connecting Him to the Heavenly Father. It's a revelation of the fact that our Lord Jesus is indeed exactly who Scripture says He is. He is God come in the flesh. But now let me give you my favorite term for our Lord. Oh, it's not just my favorite. Did you know it was Jesus' favorite? Do you know what title He loved to use for Himself more than any other? It was not son of Joseph, it was not son of Mary, it was not son of David, it was not son of Abraham, and hold on to your seat, it was not even son of God. Though he had every right to that title, he had every reason to use it everywhere he went, his favorite title for himself was this, son of man. In fact, do you realize uh, that repeatedly throughout the gospel records, we find Jesus referring to himself in this way? Let me give you just one. Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 20, Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He was referring, of course, to himself. Now, let me ask you a question. If someone who had every right to connect himself to David, Abraham, and God uh, could use those terms without any hindrance or any hesitation, without any reservation, why on earth would the Lord Jesus Christ repeatedly use the term Son of Man? And the answer is this. Are you ready? The answer is every time He referred to Himself as Son of Man, He was connecting Himself to all of us. <laughs> to refer to Him as Son of God is to emphasize His greatness and His glory. And indeed, we take nothing away from that. He is great and He is glorious. He is God. But to refer to Him as Son of Man, now that is a revelation of His grace that God the Son would connect Himself to lowly sinners, to fallen humanity, that He would humble Himself when we could never come to Him on our own. So instead, He came to us. 
This is the meaning of the sonship of Jesus Christ. Oh yes, through Joseph he's connected to Nazareth and through Mary he's connected to those uh, prophecies that came hundreds of years before about the virgin. And through David he's connected to the throne and through Abraham he's connected to Israel. And through the title Son of God he is connected to the Father. But through Son of Man he is connected to every one of us. Friends, he didn't just come for Joseph and Mary. He didn't just come for David and Abraham. He came for all of us. We come full circle back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, there it is, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, I want to say to you today that God the Son came so that you would know the Father and so that you could be made a child of God through faith in Jesus. He came to bring you into His own family. If you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, would you call on the Son of God now and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if you have received the Son, if He is your Savior, thank Him today that He is both Son of God and Son of Man. We were told in Acts 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can place your faith in Him now. And God promises, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We encourage you to listen to all of our studies in this series and find other helpful tools on our website. If you would like to support this Bible teaching ministry, you may do so at enjoyingthejourney.org. Thank you for helping us reach others with the gospel.